Episode 1004. Am I supposed to say 1004 or 1004? Like, it feels so formal now that we're in the four digit territory. But anyway, it's a relevant podcast uh, here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, camped out in front of the Harry Styles Arena, downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. Hello. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. Now, Emily, I can tell you're chomping you at the bit. You should have added a governor to that, by the way, Derek. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> Queen. Um, <laughs> hello, governor. That would have really hello, the deal. Would have been a fitting tribute. I know, Emily, I can tell you have a question or something you want to say. But before we do that, I want to tell everybody this show is going to be epic. M.I.A. joins us later on. M.I.A., one of our favorite artists, stuff like that. If you read the new issue of Relevant, which just came out... Last week, you know this cover story is one for the ages. She had a Damascus Road crazy conversion experience to come to faith in Jesus. She tells us all about it, and it has changed her life. This was like five years ago, so this isn't a Johnny come lately. Like She's new to it all. I mean, she is new to it all. She talks about that, but this is something that has taken hold in her life. She is a genuine Christian faith. It is. She tells us all about it. It's crazy. So part of that conversation is coming up on this podcast. You don't want to miss it. And then at the end of the show, we'll get to know you stuff with the cast. I'm bringing back some table topics, which I always enjoy doing. So you don't want to miss that either. Stay tuned. All right, Emily, I see it. Bated breath. What is it you were wanting to ask or say? Okay. I've been thinking about this a lot and I feel like this is a good group to ask okay. this question. So um, oh, my brother is a year older than me and he's getting ready to go to his 10-year high school reunion, which means next year I will be potentially going to mine. But we've been talking about, is it actually worth it? So I, and I need to hear from y'all, what do you even do at a high school reunion and is it worth it? Because right now I have Facebook and I just don't think it's worth it. I didn't go. I couldn't have cared less. I, I hadn't spoken to any of those people after we graduated. So <laughs> Derek, Derek, did you attend any of your reunions? Bro, I, I didn't even go back to the, to the school. I didn't even go back to the town. <laughs> That I grew up in, same like like I, I was bye. like, <laughs> like I was I, I you might as well gave me a jetpack like I was gone. Like, so <laughs> we not coming back down to earth anytime soon. Derek, Derek, this is where you and I are very different than Jesse. I know Jesse. This is probably Jesse's Super Bowl. Jesse, did you go? <laughs> All right. Well, first of all, I still hang out with people I went to high school with with That's some dope. frequency. Okay? That's dope. That's uh, dope. Uh, you know, not all the time, but pretty frequently, right? I mean, I saw I saw probably four of them this weekend. Okay, uh, That's dope. I still see. I, I but I did not. I did not attend my own high school reunion. However, I did attend my wife's. And my observation is this: Whoa, whoa, whoa! What did she bring you to like? Kind of show you off? Like you're okay. the trophy husband? Okay. Let's get it. Okay. I'm glad like you said that. that because obviously, yes. <laughs> but second, <laughs> but second, here's my observation, Emily. Depending on how you're doing in life is a great place to glow. go because most people are just there to kind of flex on their old friends to tell them, you know, the, you know what, what they're doing now. You know, they want to, they want to, you know, show their, their, their glow up, you know, from, from their, from their awkward teen years. If you have a lot going on, it's a great place to go because it's basically just an achievement. But this was my observation, you know, and why I was dragged there and, you know, <laughs> sat at the table to just charm everyone for an evening uh, was, you know, to, to you know, is basically just to, to flex on your high school friends. Mm-hmm. My take is if you got a lot of good stuff going on, it's a great place to go. Uh, you know, from the one I went to, yeah, I had, a, I enjoyed myself and I had no pressure either. You know, I was just tagging along and just enjoying the free meal and beverages, you know, mm-hmm. that's funny. Mm-hmm. So Emily, what are you thinking? Are you going to do it? Is your brother going to do it? My brother's going to do it. Um, I'm debating cause I, do like the idea of bragging about where I'm at in life because I'll be honest, pretty happy with things, how things are going. A year from now, yeah. we'll see. Hopefully mm-hmm. they'll be better. But anyways, um, my thing though is there are a lot of people that 
they post everything that's ever happened to them since high school on Facebook. So I don't need to catch up with them mm. because I know all about the drama. That is true. Like it's a redundant exercise. Yeah. Like I don't why, need to you, ask how you're yeah. doing. If you, you tell everybody. So maybe a little too much sometimes, but I, it's like, I, what's the point of going if I already know what's, I know what you're going to brag about. Yeah. That's my view. A class reunion is the floppy disks of <laughs> school. Like it's like, we don't, we don't, we don't need, need these it, anymore. Right? Like this yeah. is not, we don't need it. Well, unless, you know, unless you want to, you know, I mean, what's the point other than food and fellowship with people who you've shared a significant portion of your life with? <laughs> other than that, I agree. We, and look, 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 floppy disk used to have Microsoft Word on it. Now you could just download it off the app store. Like it's look, it's a beautiful yeah, thing. Th- this is, this is, you know, basically, uh, you know, your, your opportunity to just, you know, make yourself feel better about where you are than the other people you went to high school with. That is, that is what I'm this is, cool. you know, but I guess if you're not in a good place, I would avoid it. I would avoid it. I would avoid it. See you in the 20, <laughs> see you at the 15. Here to 25. Maybe I'll get my stuff together by then. The first time you finally show up is when things are going well. Yeah, okay. That's a good plan. All right, move the show along. Stay tuned up next. It's Slices. Listening to Kid Bloom, the song is Cowboy. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, so I wanted to... uh, I have an interesting... uh, Well, I don't know if it's interesting, but I have a take on a news story. And I I won't get into too many of the details, kind of... The, the headline kind of is is says it all is that according to a, basically a new report from Pew, who for a long time has been measuring trends in religious demographic and how people kind of self-report their own faith, oh, the way things I, are moving. I thought they were just I thought they just covered the different lengths of church auditorium seating. No, no, that's, it, it, up to up to recently it was smells Pew. Oh, uh, OK. It, okay. Was, it was a smell Got it. index. Got it. Um, okay. Fish. Rotten yeah. eggs, yeah. potatoes, diapers, yeah. sulfur, yeah. sulfur water. Yeah, 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 exactly. But they've you know they they've expanded, which has been a good business move for <laughs> to them. general research. They, they get okay. they get a lot more coverage in the Associated Press <laughs> since they moved on <laughs> from, from smells their, and seating length. Yeah, from, yeah, right. exactly. Uh, to you know more more of an audience there. Um, but uh, th- basically, their research predicts based on uh, uh, you know some observations about just kind of. Oh, uh, the way things are trending. That in the next uh, uh, fifty years, uh, Christians will no longer be the will be a minority in the country, and nuns will become the official majority in the United States. So, people who claim no religious affiliation will be the largest single sort of belief demographic, um, which is uh, you know pretty notable because in the early nineties. 90% of Americans call themselves Christians. So you're talking about a significant shift in the last, you know, in, in, in a handful of decades. And From, we do need to be clear in this audio medium, when we say that the majority will be the nuns, we are not talking about Catholic women who live in a convent. Oh, we're talking we, about N-O-N. I, I promise that's what I thought you said. I, I was like, that don't make no sense, y'all. N-O-N-E-S. They have no religious affiliation. I was going to let you finish, but I was like, the rise of the nuns. Yeah. It's an uprising. Yeah. What? (laughs) That would be, it would be much more newsworthy if within 50 years, half the population, more than half the population lived in content. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kanye's wanting to do redo monasteries. So who knows? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, and I've seen, I've seen this, you guys have probably seen some, or maybe you have the, you know, listeners, uh, this headline going around as sort of this like calls for alarm, 
where, and th- this is my take, this is me kind of editorializing here a little bit, where, you know, people are like, oh, this is so sad. I can't believe this. Look what's happening to culture. I, I, I look, obviously, I think the proliferation of the gospel is, is critical and is a positive thing. But I also think, why is this surprising at all? Because, I mean, literally the Bible says the, you know, the path is narrow. The way is wide, but the path is narrow. It says Christians should be a peculiar people. It's hard to be a peculiar people if you're in the majority, right? Like you're hmm. no longer peculiar if you dominate the population. Like the gospel is supposed to, is, is, is the gospel is very inclusive, but it also, the Bible is clear that most people will reject it if, the, if, if it's being preached correctly. Now, I'm not saying this is a good thing that the majority of the population will no yeah, longer self Yeah, because what you're saying is kind of in, in contrast with the Great Commission that we should be about, uh, you know, expanding well, and well, reaching I, I, more but people. I, I'm, say, I'm saying we should, and I'm saying, but this only, this only reaffirms why we should is because we know that even as we, we preach this thing, that a lot of people will reject it. I mean, that is that that is in the Bible, but it should. It, it. I'm just saying. I'm not saying this is a good thing, but I'm saying it shouldn't be that surprising because the gospel tells us. Like I said, most people will reject this thing. That 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 we are to stand. Our values are to make us stand out from the culture. And again, I'm not saying this is a positive thing. I'm just saying it shouldn't be that surprising because the the true gospel, the one that you know says, you know, it's it's easier for. Uh, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to enter heaven. Like that, that's a tough message where, you know, you look at, you know, stances on, you know, the poor and immigration right now, you can see why there is widespread or there could be trending towards a widespread rejection of the gospel. If you stick to the fidelity of the gospel, it shouldn't be surprising that the majority of the population will reject it because it's a difficult message if you're taking it for, for what Jesus taught. You know, even this week I saw, I saw a tweet and I'm probably going to, I'm going to butcher it and, and I wish I could credit it, but I feel like the, the author of it probably wouldn't mind, but it was something like, you know, <clears throat> so many Christians grew up in a world where they were taught how important the mission field is to go into the mission field. Right. And we're at a time right now where the mission field is literally coming to us and we're turning it away. And that to me just underscores like this isn't a surprising trend. Like the gospel is challenging to some, some beliefs a lot of people carry. And to, to, to say that Christians are going to be in the minority, while not necessarily a positive thing, isn't a surprising one and should encourage us to, to you know, kind of continue to stick to our convictions, knowing that, hey, it might not be the point of the gospel isn't to be popular, right? The point of it is to draw people to Christ. And we know that process isn't a popular one. Literally, he was crucified because his message was so unpopular. So all I'm saying is like behind the headlines is a deeper story, I think, about the gospel itself, you know, and, and, and it's just an interesting cultural trend to, to observe. My take is like, I think Christians are already in the minority, not the, not the group, not the religious group, but the people that actually live by the text. And actually live with, with, with love and joy and treat people with respect and all those different things. I think there's a lot of people that are in that big bubble that say, Hey, we're Christians. I don't know if that's just an affiliation. That's like, I can say I'm a, I'm a crip, but I ain't really a crip. Like, I don't, I ain't really about that life. Like, I'm just, my grandmama was a Christian. So I'm a Christian. Like, it's almost like gangbanging in a, in a, in a little sense. So I, I, I don't really see that as something that's, in my mind, it's just, I just feel like more people are more bold to take off the, they're not afraid of the religious um, backlash from saying, hey, I don't necessarily line up with a lot of this stuff that's being preached on Sundays. Because I think a lot of people just are like, you know, they live in these, this cultural, I mean, Christianity is a cultural phenomenon as well as a religion. So people live in these societies or or these cultures that if they say, hey, you know what, I don't necessarily believe in this, then they will get ostracized. They will lose relationships with family and different things like that. I think it's just people are are being more open about, you know, who they actually are and what, what they actually believe. I don't I don't really see that as a bad thing in my personal opinion. I feel like I feel like it's okay. Like I think the the Bible says that there will always be a remnant. That's what the scriptures say. Scriptures also say, Jesus says, let the wheat and the tares grow together and I'll separate them. So for me, like 
what people think about the the title of Christianity and, and where it's political power and all those different things doesn't really matter to me at the end of the day because that's not I mean that's not the the crux of our faith in the first place it's it's the faith in Christ so like whether the name Christian is the most popular name and everybody wants to be a Christian or whether it's just the remnant is still going to be here and that's what matters I think I see that's where the trend is going to where people may not necessarily call themselves a Christian but they do have the Christian faith. But like you said, because of sort of external factors, people don't want to be don't want to call themselves Christian because of mm-hmm. other people claiming that name and saying kind of, for sure, you know what I mean? So I, I see that happening. And I, I mean, to be honest, I've seen that with my own friends where they would say, I still have the faith. I don't know if I would call myself a Christian. And it's like, well, and then when I press them, like, well, what do you believe? And it's like, well, they believe what the Bible says. But there is like, you know, growing up in the South, everybody was a Christian because it was because you know, right. it was the Bible Belt. But now more and more people are saying, well, actually, I don't want to be associated with that. But I do still believe these. like it was just it's an interesting time. So I see that as the trend, too, where it's like they don't label themselves as Christian. But I do think mm-hmm. the faith is still there, that it's not going away. And like when you said when you said earlier, Jesse, you was like, man, I don't see why we would be surprised. I thought you were going to go a different angle because for me, I was going to go to the angle of like, I don't see why people are surprised. Let's look at all of the public scandals. And when you go look at the history of a lot of the ways people quote unquote spread the gospel, it was for, I mean, the crusades was awful. Yeah. That was an awful thing. Like we don't talk about it, but that was awful. You know what I'm saying? Um, and when you look at how, Christianity has been the main religion when somebody wants to justify doing something evil or controlling people, they would use Christianity. And that's not to say that Christianity is bad. That's just saying that that was a lot of manipulators vehicle of choice to, to, to take advantage of people. So now with all of us understanding history and all of that, it, it makes that word, it makes that name or that affiliation a lot harder to uh to stand up and proudly say yeah I want to be a part of these organizations uh like that that doesn't mean those organizations are bad and I think the reality is what we're seeing now is just people are people yeah like that's what we're seeing now is that it does you could be a Christian you could call yourself a Christian all day but at the end of the at the end of the day you, you still gonna have struggles you got you got issues you got all these different things you have to deal with it's not a superpower that makes you perfect and I think that's what the world is seeing. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's no surprise that some people are struggling to say, how do I feel with this group that also that holds religious that has religious power, but then also has political power yeah. and is being manipulated. It, I could see how I would get muddy and make people kind of for sure. For sure. I mean, a lot of terrible things have been done in the name of Christianity that have nothing to do with the actual values of it. Big facts. I, I, I mean, if we're talking in the future too, I mean, this is the generations coming up, and you know, like Emily, I, I get your point, and I and I agree with it in some context that they still believe, but maybe they aren't participating anymore because they don't want to be associated with people they disagree with. But I, I think it's it's actually like the name Christianity, the church, and the people who quote unquote follow Jesus have co opted. You have to look at that group. That group, if you read these studies like the State of Theology, which we referenced on the last uh, podcast and some other studies that have been coming out, Christians don't believe Christian theology anymore. So it's like Mm. we're learning that Mm. what we know as Christianity or the church culture today is full of people who say, I'm part of that. And they don't know what the Bible even says. They don't even, they, they, they identify as a Christian, but they don't even understand what that means. And it's like, some people, it's a political association. Some people, it's just cultural. Like, like Derek said, my, my grandma was a Christian, so I guess I am too. But they don't even know what that means. And so what we're now observing is that the generations come up, they're seeing the people who call themselves Christians. They aren't living the way the Bible talks about. They don't even have consistent beliefs. They don't even, they're not following Jesus. They're following a culture and they're going, I don't identify with that. I don't want to be part of that thing. I don't want to be part of another political party, you know? So they're just not even looking at the church. They're not looking at the faith at all. And so they are growing up and they're becoming the norm. I think they are rejecting what we have made Christianity. 
you know? And so yeah. I don't think it's like they have belief and they just don't want the label. I don't think they have the belief because they never considered it because of what they see, you know? And so mm. I, I think it's absolutely telling. And then I don't know how you come back from this. It's almost like the snowball is rolling. I mean, like, how do you redefine Christianity so a generation will say, oh, that thing that I've seen my entire life isn't really Christianity? Oh, let me check out true Christianity. How do you differentiate cultural Christianity from true Christianity? How do we do that? That is the challenge right now, in my opinion. How do we yeah. set a third way example? I don't know. Try. I would give some, I, and I would give some encouragement too, like, because this, this does sound very doom and gloom, but this is also an opportunity for revival. It's an opportunity to say, this is what the faith of Yeshua actually is. It's, it's, uh, it's taking care of the poor. It's taking care of the widows and the orphans. It's loving one another. It's, it's, uh, turning the other cheek when you get into a, to a battle. Or it's, you get spit on uh, by Harry Styles. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but yeah, it's different. You know, I think this is the point. This is the point for revival for people that look at these stats and say, "Man, I hate that this is a reality." Well, guess who? It's on the change. Yeah, come on, it's on us. Like it's on us to say, "Okay, enough is enough." Like we're rejecting. We we are removing the wolves. And we're removing the, the 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 nonsense from within our midst, and we're rejecting that, and we're saying that that is not us. Until that happens. I mean, there is no chance for revival. That's what a revival is. Yeah. It's revitalizing something that is dying, right? So it's like, this is the dry bones moment for us to preach to them so that they live, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Jesse told us that the revival is going to come from the nuns. They're right, going to rise of the nuns. <laughs> the rise yeah, of the nuns. Yeah. That might have been a little prophetic. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be an awesome movie too. I mean, they're lots, rising up. Yeah. Lots of, lots of black fabric is going to be involved in the revival yeah. moving forward all right what do you have emily um okay i wanted to before i talk about this study i just want to quickly ask what is everyone's go-to late night snack i am trying not to have any so doing my best mine is because we don't have a lot of uh junk food in my house anymore i sneak into the baking cabinet and eat semi-sweet chocolate chips like Straight right out of I, I have to eat I, i'm to the because Jesse, we don't, I know for a fact that your family's go-to snack is you're going to make nachos with chicken. That's family. And you, you're saying me you personally. You guys make more nachos than any group of people I've ever seen in my life. And we're four or five times a week. <laughs> oh, it's lit. That's what's up. Yeah. I mean, but it's I'm like saying, a platter of nachos and it's just heaping. It's a great nacho spread. No, but, that's what but that's not even, that's just, you said late night snack. That makes it seem like it's something out of the normal pattern. You know what I mean? Dude, we were playing cards at, at one in the morning and what y'all were getting one a little snack. What did you come out with five minutes later? A huge thing of nachos. That oh, yeah. was a midnight there, snack. I'm you're saying I'm saying for me personally, <laughs> listen, do I eat nachos all the time? Yeah, I eat nachos <laughs> all, the, all time. the time. All of the time. Okay. I I mean, like I said, at least every other day I'm eating some form of nacho. I'm just saying late night snack, you're asking me if I'm just got I got a sweet tooth. Yeah. And we don't yeah. have any ice cream or, or snacks in the house these days. So yeah. I go to the baking cabinet and get just chocolate chips, just handfuls of them. And when Dana, my wife is like, hey, what happened to all the chocolate chips? I was going to make some cookies or chocolate chip pancakes this Saturday. <laughs> must have, one of the kids must have knocked it on the floor. I don't know, but they're all gone. <laughs> anyway. Derek, what, what's you? Trail mix for me. What is it? Yeah, trail mix. I thought you said shrimps. I literally thought I heard you say shrimps for me. I'm like, oh, no, no, no you don't no, eat shrimp. No. That would be an impressive no, late shrimp. night snack. If you're like, that, it's time to yeah. steam some shrimp at two. That, and that's, how, that's, a, that's a Rick Ross late <laughs> night snack. That's, that's that's a rich person. These guys like shrimp cocktail. <laughs> like a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I would have, Derek, if you had said shrimp, that you regularly eat shrimp late at night. <laughs> I already respect you a lot, man. You know that. <laughs> But my respect level has gotten even higher. He didn't eat any of the things that crawl in the bottom of the ocean. No, we don't do bottle feeders. Yep. But we tr we do trail mix, though. We love trail mix. Yep. I love trail mix. Trail mix is I think solid. you'll have much healthier options. Mine is, um, I love chips. I love a good crunchy chip. Um, preferably Cheetos. That's probably like my chips. favorite. But um, anyways, I'm going to try to stop eating them late at night now because a new study came out that said eating a late night snack, like right before you go to bed, can boost your chances of depression by 26% and anxiety by 16%. Um, so you're just, I mean, you know, it, this is really hard for me because 
like I said, I love a, a little late night chip snack and apparently it's going to make me depressed and anxious. So uh, just something to be aware of moving forward that plan your snack meals accordingly. Maybe make your nachos I'd like, I guess, 7 p.m., not 1 a.m. I gotta but. be honest. The jury's out on science these days. We all know that. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> we all know science has its own failings. Okay? Just because patterns are repeatable and observable. What is science's reason for not making me have a midnight snack, though? Here's the thing. Just because uh, uh, observations are repeatable under uh, controlled circumstances right. and have undisputed results over right. and over again. Right. If they don't align with what I think the world should be, then I'm not going to believe it. Amen. And <laughs> if you're telling me nachos make me happy later, Cameron, when I, we brought yeah. out that gigantic plate of nachos at one o'clock in the morning on a weeknight. Okay. It made us all happy. It was who, wonderful. Who, who felt bad about that? I can tell you it's the first time I've ever had nachos that late in my life. And it was a great experience. I appreciate you expanding my boundaries. Next time they do the study, you can be added to it to just really throw off all the data. Again, I'm not a scientist. Yeah. I have a stomach, a mouth, and a heart. And they're telling me sometimes you need nachos at one in the morning. (laughs) All right. Derek, what do you have? Good medicine. (laughs) Well, and things that I did not expect on my 2022 bingo card, Uh Eminem, DJ Khaled and Kanye have the number one Christian song in the country. So uh, that is insane. Yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw Eminem in our feed, the relevant feed, and I'm like, why are we covering hip hop from 2000? Oh, no, what no. in the world? Hey. And then the headline was Eminem has a number one song in the Christian charts. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, hey, what hey, is going on? Look, homie, I did I never would have thought, but somehow that's what it is. So sorry, uh, Aaron Cole, no double award for you this year. <laughs> Can you imagine? What if Eminem, what if DJ Khaled and Eminem roll up to the double awards? Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be the most lit double award in the, in the entire oh, history. Man, that would be they had amazing. to shut that thing down. Derek, would you do a song oh. with Eminem? Because you know DJ Khaled, you know DJ Khaled gonna have like 40 gold. DJ Khaled shows up on a Just jet ski. Laced out. What'd you say, Emily? Would I do a song with Eminem? Yeah. Without a doubt. Eminem and Kanye. Eminem and Kanye are two of, like peak Eminem when he was at his peak is in my top five. There, this is like when he was. I, I, man, that's Derek my and I disagree about Eminem. This is one of the factors in our relationship is that he loves it. He's got the Detroit connection, the lyrical. But see, Derek that's came it. up when Eminem was prime, and so like I feel like he was very instrumental in Derek's initial era sure. of hip hop. Yes. I yes. came up in the early 90s hip hop. And so by the time it got to the Eminem era, I was just like, what is this trash? Like go back to the golden days. You know what I mean? So I, I have a different view on Eminem, but. Eminem is, a, in my opinion, when he's at it, when he was at his best, it's, it's very few artists that are going bar for bar with him. So, nah. I, I, res- I respect that. I respect that. I just don't like his Kanye. delivery. It's too cartoony for me. But I, I respect yeah. the lyrical, the writing ability and all that. I, I, I'm with for you. Sure. I, I, I respect sure. it. I just don't like the music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't like Mom's Spaghetti? No. <laughs> did you know he started a restaurant? A Mom's Spaghetti restaurant? I, I did. I love it. In I Detroit, it. it's a real restaurant. And in fact, if you watch Hard Knocks, they followed the Detroit Lions. The last episode of, of the series, uh, Eminem shows up to practice and he brought lunch for the team and it was all mom spaghetti stuff and just, the team was just loving it. Every, just what everyone wants on a hot training camp day. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of spaghetti in the middle of the yeah. A bunch of meaty noodles, just hot meaty noodles. It's just That's, what I want during, literally during a workout is, is a giant bowl of hot spaghetti. That's called that's called that's called branding is what that's yeah, called. Yes, that's called that's yes, called sir. I mean I respect it. I respect it. It's just pretty rare that you cut to the sidelines of a football game. Guys aren't eating bananas and protein bars. They got a big bowl of <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs at <laughs> halftime. Just hot, just sweaty, just eating hot food. Yeah. Sweaty spaghetti. Yeah. No, thank you. Anyway, that is crazy. Eminem, top of the Christian charts. What a what a time I, we live in right now. I would love, I would love for them to be to make an appearance at the Dove Awards. That would be Yes. I would love for them to win, but they didn't bother to show up. Like what would like I don't know. I, I might actually tune into the Dove Awards this year if they were true. gonna show up. So But here's the but here's the here's the thing though. This is what people don't wanna uh and this is my homeboy, my homeboy KJ52. Hey, the song worked, bro. My man put out a song back in his heyday called Dear Slim. 
trying to get uh, Eminem to come to Christ. The, the, the song worked, bro. Hey, Jonah, you did it, dog. You did it, dog. He here. He here. It took a little time. But look, look where we are. Look where we are. So I, we posted this. I had multiple people or people were like responding to our tweet saying, talking about KG52, like it finally worked, all this and stuff. I had to ask Tyler because I was a little too young when I guess KG52 came out with the song. And I was like, who is this? And why is he being credited for Eminem's Christianity? And he had to give me like a brief yeah. summary of who this man was in his song and everything. Like no, no lie. The only, the, I didn't know. I knew the song because it was on TRL and they were just lambasting KJ52 for this song. I like remember. they it was bad. You know what I'm saying? So then you fast forward like a decade later or whatever and I meet Jonah and I'm like, "Man, this dude is cool as a bug. Why they do my man like this, yo?" <laughs> but- <laughs> It was crazy though. But yeah, it was, it was rough. Yeah, yeah but look, hey, it <laughs> hey, worked. You plant the seed, got to water it, watch it grow, you know? Like you Come never on. know, you never know what God's going to do. That's it, man. All right, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned up next. MIA joins us. I just jumped in the deep end Geronimo, I'm leaping Out the boat If I can't swim, I know that they'll keep me afloat In my deep end, I know that I need them I just jumped in the deep end The deep end, the deep end, the deep I just jumped in the deep end Deep end, deep end You're listening to Mike Teasy and Bats The song is Deep End Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year And we don't want you to miss a thing Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is MIA. You know her for her huge hits like Paper Planes and Bad Girls, but you may not know about her journey into Christianity. She sat down with our very own Tyler Huckabee recently to tell us all about her experience with Jesus and how she's learning to connect her new Christian faith and career. She has a brand new album coming out tomorrow, depending on when you listen to this. It's really exciting. Here's our conversation with MIA. I think it's interesting when uh, when creative people who artists I admire start uh, veering into spirituality and spirituality. That's just really interesting to me. So I was curious to see if you would tell us a little more about your experience and and what that is what that has meant. I was comfortable and I was well off and all of these things. Uh, and I don't consider myself as somebody that even I, I didn't even believe that Christianity is real, you know. I, I thought it was a way newer religion for Hinduism and and I was like it, it's just sort of it just didn't really interest me, you know. But something happened, an incident happened where I didn't pray or call on God, but I was in a place of need and, and, and I literally got saved like in a very physical sense. And and I think that's what it is like when you need saving the person who turns up no matter who you are no matter what religion or no matter what status or what you are if you are in need and you need saving the person who turns up to save you is jesus because that is what he's known for got a ticket for the city that's because I understand, you know, that Jesus and the concepts of Jesus and the stories and the Bible and all of this stuff, like I, I, I 
I'm so new to it, you know. It's not that I can recite you the verses of the Bible and stuff like that, but sure. I, I got into this through personal experience, which is what happens to me every time. Like, it's never one that studied or someone told me to do this. And, you know, that's why I'm doing something. Like, nobody influences me in that sense. You know, I've always been out there by myself every step of the way in my life, no matter what I do. And I think when it comes to spirituality, it's the same. Like, nobody's ever told me what to be. But I do have these experiences, and when there is truth in it, I have to be truthful and say there's truth in it. Like, it is truth. And that is the purpose of maybe experiencing what I experienced, because what? why do you make, you know, make, the work you make and why do you go as an artist like why do I have to constantly say the things I say and get in trouble and why do I get banned by everyone and why do I get censored by everyone why do I get shadow banned why do I you know why, why aren't I a billionaire at this point for having you know inspired hyperpop in every sense of the word and why why haven't I benefited or reaped the rewards monetarily from these things and that's because of the things I say, you know. And when something is true, you have to say it. And and I understand, you know, talking about Christianity in this time is terrible because the technocrats that sure. control my internet is not into it. And I, I get it, you know, now it's not the right time for me to say these things. But I do feel that everything... There's a reason. Yeah, pull up to the bumper game with the signal. Cover me, cause I'm changing how to handle on it. My life, but I broke it. When I get to where I'm going, gonna have you saying it. Do you, so you, if you're this, you're a, a person, you're an artist who for a long time has had a, an, a, an academic uh, informational interest in Hindu. Uh, somebody who thinks Christianity is sort of silly. When you have this experience, um, is it difficult for you to? Does it feel like a a paradigm shift in a way that you, you don't even quite know? Like, well, what am I now? What is my identity now? Does it transform you on a enormous scale, or do you feel like you can integrate that into who you already are? Well, I think the value of like you being citizen of the world and your religion is to do good is still within the value system of like christianity mm -hmm. and i think you being a voice to people in need or you being saved and then you being able to be there for other people in need is like is the biggest value right now you know in, in and that thing has always mm -hmm. been a part of my work and i i think that in that sense it's not far off, you know. When I first started out as an artist, everyone used to say, oh my, you're really good at creating out of chaos, you know. Like you're not afraid of it and you can make everything make sense. And that, 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 that really reminds me of what Hindu value system is. It's very, very chaotic, you know, and everything is right and everything makes sense and everything is God and everything is part of the world and everything's meant to happen. and. You know, like, it's very as is, you know. And I think now with a different outlook, with a Christian outlook, I want things to be more simplified and, you know, clear and things to have more clarity and your messages to have more clarity. Though, you know, I think this album is exactly that sort of conflict of me deciphering between both. That, that sort of reflects in my work at the moment because I haven't fully understood what my role is. It's not like I'm going to be mace and become a pastor or, you know, preacher or something like that. And so I'm like, you know, I, I know that it's important for me to carry on making work, you know. And what if I was always doing the right thing? And that's why Jesus turned up and saved you. And so there's nothing to change about it, you know? So you're like, 
do you need to change or do you just carry on? So I think that turmoil and that conflict is what my new record is about. That was MIA. Read more of that incredible conversation with her in the brand new issue of Relevant Magazine. She is the cover story and it's available for free right now. Just click on the magazine tab at relevantmagazine.com. It's presented by He Gets Us. Don't miss it. It's a great read. And check out her new album. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's Table Topics. to Rachel Chinneriri. <laughs> I think I got that right. The song is All I Ever Asked. All she ever asked is for people to pronounce her name right. Okay, normally this is where we have our games, stuff like that, but our quiz master is on vacation this week. So I thought it was a great opportunity to grab the table topics cards, pick a couple at random, you know, get to know the cast a little bit. So here yeah, you go. Yeah. Uh, Derek, if you knew mm-hmm. that you were going to inherit a fortune, how would your plans for the future change? How would they change? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was going to inherit a fortune, how would my plans for the future change? I, to be honest, I love my life. I can't really think of nothing that I would want to do besides, I mean, y'all know me. Y'all heard the music and how I act. I would definitely be flexing now. I'm just going to let y'all know. It's going to, look, I, I ain't going to hold y'all. Like, I'm not going to hold y'all. The next Dove Awards with DJ Khaled. I'm pulling up and matching Lambos with Kelly. You know what I'm saying? His midnight snack. He's He's got a midnight snack eating his shrimp cocktail out of a gold goblet. Out of a gold goblet. I'm like, so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to flex a little bit, but, you know, I'll, just a little bit. You know, I have to pull up in a Lambo. And, and I might pull up to a Lambo at the high school reunion, to be real. That I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> The, the the real change is we're talking shrimp nachos late night. Okay, that's oh the primary. Come on, man, we're, we're upgrading. So I, I would flex a little bit. I ain't gonna lie, but it would just be a little bit. And then it also depend on 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 how much I'm inheriting. What you mean a fortune? Are we talking about a million? Are we talking about a billion? Because if we talk about a billion, then yeah. ridiculous. I'm buying so, an island you know. at that point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Emily, what do you do when you can't sleep? Um. Really good question because I I have self diagnosed insomnia. So um. self diagnosed, <laughs> you you're like you're like all the TikTok therapy that, that shows up in my feed. Self diagnosed narcissist I have to here. Self diagnosed because I've never actually been tested. Uh, but 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 Emily, to be fair, I feel like insomnia is something you're allowed to self diagnose with because it only has literally one symptom. <laughs> you can't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going out on a limb with your self-diagnosis. Okay, I'm taking y'all. I'm trusting your science. Sure. So, okay, so sure. I am diagnosed insomniac. Insomniac. Um, I typically just like will put a movie or something on and just try to fall asleep to it, or I'll read. Um, just something that like makes my mind require. Like I have to do something that makes my mind require a lot of um brain power and then once my brain gets tired because i feel like Mm. i'm typically staying awake because my brain is just it's already like on a wavelength so i just have to like overexert power for it to finally be like okay we can shut off now i don't know if that's healthy at all but that's what i do oh this is interesting uh this ties into your slice what what uh was your favorite after school snack oh well uh man i mean Hot Pockets were pretty high up on the list, depending on if we yes, had the, say, the, yeah, all your, yeah, uh, a lot pockets, of little, uh, a lot of little Debbie snacks, sometimes some steak them, uh, I do not understand how you're not 700 pounds, dude. <laughs> you, I, would eat you have eaten. I would eat Hot Pockets. <laughs> I mean, every single, there wasn't a day for years that went by that I wasn't eating at least two. Time out. Not only is Jesse not 700 pounds, he's like ripped. 
Like, yeah, he's, he's a fit Adonis yeah, and like, a man. Well, and I'm, I will say this to Hot Pocket haters. There's evidence. Okay. <laughs> you, you have your science. I have mine. <laughs> Take that science. Jesse's philosophy on caloric intake is if you can just go all the way, it like, it like reverses your metabolism. <laughs> like your, your body has to burn so many calories that then like, Oh, it just keeps Karen, going. You've and, been in my home recently and you saw what kind of, what we're eating throughout the day and throughout the night. And I nothing don't know but nachos are always out. The nachos are always out. That's the answer. Yeah. The nachos. Insane. Yeah, it's nachos. Just keep things loose. I think you know it's a lot of it's a lot of essential salt, tomatoes, cheese. I mean, it's it's the food groups and a hot, delicious plate out of the oven. Look, look. It's pretty simple. So this is this is also reason number four thousand six hundred and forty three. While I'm not going to any kind of high school reunion, because you said that in jest, but no lie, my uh, PE teacher, Mister Potts, told me that pizza was the best thing that you could eat as far as diet. It had all the major food groups, bread, cheese. His, oh, your no PE lie. coach told you that. He was also my basketball coach. No lie. This man told us pizza was it. The so balanced like, meal in a handheld form. Come on. Exactly. It's efficient. It's delicious. And Dude, it's I'll, got a little I'll, bit of everything. I'll be honest with you on Netflix. There's a new chef's table series season, but it's specifically pizza chefs. I I watched it. And after it was done, I was on Amazon Mm -hmm. looking at home pizza Mm -hmm. ovens because I didn't, I didn't pull the trigger, but man, that got, it's it's a health decision. Ultimately is to investment in your health is to buy a pizza oven. I have a feeling it would be the opposite for me, but you know, each his own. All right. uh, What's the best piece of marital advice you've been given? Well, exactly. Who's, who's this one's going to Derek? Uh, 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 to Eric or to Emily? To Emily? Uh, what's the best piece of marital? I'm kidding. Get married. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's advice. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not qualified to answer it. So, do y'all have any Nachos <laughs> good will fix a lot. Advice? Okay, you're in a little spat. Hey, you. I just need a minute. When you come back from that minute, you come out with a plate of nachos, everything, you know, let's just forget about it. I don't even remember what we're fighting about. Let's just have some nachos, relax a little. Nachos fix a lot advice. of, lots of stuff from relational issues to, uh, you know, chronic health problems. Uh, Derek, what's your advice? Did you have nachos at your wedding? I, I, I don't think. I so. think the nachos are in recent years. Uh, I don't uh, think this is a new, new development. Yeah, multi-decade I mean, it was, it, it was yeah, it's really, you know, it's, it's adult a lifestyle. Hot pockets, it's a lifestyle. It's, we live the nacho lifestyle. Um, you know, that, that's the thing. De- that's nacho right. average that's right. lifestyle. Derek, what, what, yeah. what was the best marriage advice you've heard? I think the best marriage advice that I got was my homeboy told me don't ever sleep on the couch. He was like, I don't care how mad you and your wife get, y'all sleep in the same bed every night. And, Oh, I thought you were saying don't sleep on the couch. You go get a nice hotel room. Okay, nah. so you're saying he said he said nah, okay, he's, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> he's like yo, I don't care how angry you are with her. Y'all y'all make sure that y'all sleep in the same bed together. Uh, and we've done that. No, and we now we might have been kicking each other at night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Pulling the covers a little. Pulling the but, covers but, a little bit. But, 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 real, but real talk, it's, it's a variation of don't let the sun set on your anger. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's what like, he was telling I mean, me. I, you can't solve every problem before bed, but mm-hmm. don't go to bed mad enough where you're sleeping in the other room. I think that's good advice. Also, nachos. <laughs> <laughs> if you, have right, shrimp, uh, if you uh, want to toss some shrimp on there, no one's complaining too. Which part of your life is the most mysterious for all y'all, and that'll be the last one. Which part of your life is the most mysterious? Where to begin? Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't want to know about secret sins. Don't go there. Don't go there. I guess technically where I'm living, that no one knows where true. I live. Your location is the most mysterious part of your life. Yeah. I'm really bad. Sometimes I forget to tell my parents when I go to a new city too. So like they'll call me and they'll ask what I'm doing and I'll say I'm hanging out with a friend. They're like, oh, are they visiting Dallas? I'm like, oh, no, sorry. I'm, I'm in Austin right now. Like I forgot to mention that or something. So trying to be better, but it's kind of fun to just show up places and not tell anybody what you I'm You know, doing. for safety reasons, you might want to turn on the family sharing like location thing on your phones. Oh, 40 people have my location. I use Find My Friends actively. Okay, good, okay, good, yeah. good, good. The question okay, I get good. a lot in the big mystery, which I refuse to divulge is, where'd you get all this shrimp, bro? got a lot of shrimp these days and 
Let's just see. say it's better if people don't know how I acquired the shrimp. So just weird. know I'm in possession of a tremendous amount of shrimp oh right gosh. now. I had, this has nothing to do with eating shrimp, but I had two shrimp in this aquarium that's behind me, saltwater aquarium, and they're expensive. Yeah. I don't know if you've been to a saltwater aquarium store, but these mm. cleaning shrimp that go around just clean mm-hmm. the bottoms, clean the rocks, they're like, were they delicious? Like $50. <laughs> I'm not kidding. $50 for a shrimp. Okay. So I, yeah. I buy two of them. And then a few days later, one's missing. No evidence. Just gone. And then the next day, I see the other one. He's fine. And I come back 30 minutes later, and he's chopped up in little pieces on the, on the bottom of the tank. And then I come back an hour later, and all of it's gone. All of it's gone. The fish ate it. There's a crab in my tank. That hides and That's goes and attacks the shrimp and cl- cuts them in half with his thing. And then all of the fish eat feast on the shrimp. And they- That's what you get for putting such a delicious creature Dang. in your aquarium. Cameron Day. Don't buy $50 shrimp is all I'm saying. That's the life lesson that I've learned with this aquarium. Just if you have a crab, don't invest in shrimp. Bro, you could get several pounds of shrimp for $50 at Kroger, bro, or Publix. <laughs> <laughs> They're not alive and eating cleaning things anyway but hey i've stopped eating shrimp like you man i now that i know what these shrimp eat what they do what their sir what they what their purpose is in the ocean they are the cleaning crew they eat the waste bro it's rough to it's rough why am i gonna put that in my mouth i'm not gonna put that in my mouth yeah homie anyway all right well there there's a lot more questions we'll get to them on future episodes uh this is a lot of fun i like table topics before we wrap it up uh, i want to thank mia for joining us her brand new album mata mata drops on friday don't miss it also make sure to read the full cover story with her and the new issue of relevant is available now for free online at relevantmagazine.com also while you're there make sure to check out the rest of the great stuff in the issue uh conversations with Dayglow and T Wright, the cast of the new rings of power and so much more. If you're a relevant plus subscriber, make sure to check out your enhanced ad free digital edition of the magazine too. It's in your account dashboard. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Derek Miner. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. Listen, do I eat nachos all the time? Yeah, I eat nachos all the time. All of the time. Relevant Podcast Network.